You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome in on your Tuesday Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez. Here on your Tuesday afternoon, College World Series going on currently in the bottom of the eighth. Texas A&M leads Notre Dame five to nothing after an absolute gem of a performance from Nathan Detmer. Correction, it is now five to one. I just watched a solo home run from Notre Dame. So again, five to one in the bottom of the eighth. A&M looking to turn the clock to midnight on Omaha's Cinderella. Got a lot to get into today, including Rob Gronkowski retiring again. How long will this one last? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the LIV, Brooks Kepka and Abraham Anser are two new golfers to defect from the PGA Tour. And got a lot of local stuff to get into. Producer extraordinaire and the co-host with the most, Mr. James Mesh. Pushing all the buttons. James, what's going on, bud? How are you? Doing all right. How about you, Matt? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well on this Tuesday. Um, I'm just going to apologize now if, if you haven't gone on social media and, and seen the the Miguez versus Mesh horse video. James, I'm just, I'm just going to apologize, man. I'm sorry I had to do you like that. Don't even. <laughs> Don't even with that. <laughs> hey, I got hot at the right time. That's all it was. But hey, it's two two now. It's a brand new. It's a brand new game. You know, anything anything can happen at this point. All I took was half court shots. I for, I forgot how to shoot a three a regular three pointer. Hey, I gave, I, I gave you thirty minutes to get hot. I tried telling you. Not to do that. Okay, but if it's hitting every part of the rim, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna go for it. You, but you were destined that that's how you were gonna beat me, and that's what I get. I let I let you come back. Oh, okay. Poll question of the day. Speaking of the Miguez and Mesh challenges, which one is going to be our next challenge? Madden, NBA 2K. Washers, washer toss, or a NFL combine? So far, we have two votes on on the Twitter poll. One for Madden, one for the combine. James, did you vote combine? I didn't touch it. Okay. I haven't. I haven't voted on any of these. Okay. I'd rather not influence. That's fair. That's fair. Um. Looking at some top stories, again, I mentioned Robert Gronkowski retiring for the second time. James, would you consider Gronk a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Well, not not a let, – let me let me rephrase that question. Are yes. you saying first ballot? First ballot Hall of Famer. Thank you. That's what I meant to ask. I mean, I, I would consider him a top five easily. So the fact that you don't have a lot of tight ends in the Hall – him being a top five, I would I would definitely put him up there, and he should have heavy consideration for being a first ballot. Hmm. 
Because I n name five better. You would say Gonzalez. Yeah. You'd say, I, I mean, you can't really consider Shannon Sharp. Mike Ditka. Dallas Clark was different. But do you think he was? You think he's better than Gronk? They might be on the same level. I'd consider Gronk better. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess you would put him as it's just weird, you know, discussing a tight end as a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I guess Gronk does have four Super Bowls. He has the most hundred yard reception games, a hundred yards games by a tight end. So yeah, I, I would I would say he he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Also, staying on the topic of the NFL, Deshaun Watson. Of his 24 civil lawsuits, 20 of them have been settled outside of court, according to Watson's attorney. You know, one's got to believe that maybe he's trying to keep people quiet. I mean, I'm not going to speculate on that because obviously it's in, in this country it's innocent until proven guilty, and he was proven innocent in a court of law and now you're looking at civil suits and now 20 of the 24 are settled but that's that's fishy I mean you go from last week getting other people to come to light and add to the number to 80% of them have just been shooed away it's just strange Hotline open as always, 706-0111. Martin joins the show on a Tuesday. What's going on, Martin? Oh, not too much. I got a little question for you. We're talking about uh, uh, like if Gronk was a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, and I probably already know your answer. Would you consider uh, Jason Witten a first ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. I thought you were going to say no just because he uh, plays for my oh, Dallas man. Cowboys. No, no. He's, I, I don't like the Cowboys, but I'm not going to rob a man of being a first ballot Hall of Famer just because of who he played for. Uh, okay, I got you. And, uh, how's your little buddy Miguel, uh Mesh doing, man? He, he's all right after, uh, you know, I mean, there's always next season for Celtics to run it back, you know I mean? Uh, they're going to be the, probably the best team in the uh, – in the Eastern Conference, you know, uh, they're going to have the Bucks, of course, to contend with. But I'm loving every bit of what's happening in, uh, in um, I want to say, in, in Brooklyn, man. That's just a clown show over there. Kyrie possibly leaving now. Durant's going to be all by his lonesome. He should have just stayed with the Warriors, man. Should have never a uh, uh, hotel to go, and, and now he's stuck. And, but... My Warriors will gladly take KD back if he wants if he wants to come back. We'll gladly take him back. You, you sure about that? Oh yeah, we'll we'll take him back. I think I think there's we'll a couple. We'll I think I think there's a couple of guys in that locker room that would beg to differ. Oh well, I mean, I mean they they probably would, but uh, but yeah, now he's stuck uh, on a on a dysfunctional team and uh, no championship in sight. Yep. But y'all have a good one, man. I look forward to seeing y'all tomorrow, uh, tomorrow evening, man. Appreciate you, Martin. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Yes, sir. All right. So, 
Yeah, the the Warriors win it win in the NBA Finals. Had their parade today, which was well, actually parade was yesterday. Uh, interesting to say the least. Clay Thompson stumbling around, dropping his rings. Curry wearing a chain with his three previous rings on it, holding the Western Conference Finals MVP trophy, the All-Star Game MVP trophy, and the Finals MVP trophy. Curry letting out a, a weird scream that Jim Rome played on repeat for half an hour this morning. Um, just Just strange. Weird things happening on the Bay as as the Warriors celebrate their fourth title in the last eight years. But going back to the Brooklyn thing that Martin brought up, Kyrie Irving says that he and the Brooklyn Nets have reached an impasse. So now you, you can only assume that the Kyrie will not return to Brooklyn. But with having time left on his contract, if I'm not mistaken, he is not going to be a free agent this summer. It's really in the hands of the Nets. Because he's not a free agent for another year. He still has one year left on his deal. The Nets owe him $36.5 million. So do the Nets try to find a trade partner for him do the nets say no way we need you get over it you know james if, if you're the gm of the nets and your star player says that he's reached an impasse i mean what would you do i mean you're not going to be able to find a trade partner one where you can get like a, at least a decent bit in return there, there's no way Best possible scenario, you just try to convince them to come back. But otherwise, I mean, I, you, I can't you, really see this. If and, and here's here's my rule: if a guy doesn't want to be there, why would I want him to be here? Oh, one hundred percent agree. It's just the only thing that sucks would be the thirty six million dollars that he he would be getting. Can you cut him? Could you release him? I, I would make that I would, a la- I would make that I would try to make that a last ditch effort. I w- I would try to get Kevin to talk to him. Yeah. I'd s- but even then I don't even know where Kevin's headspace is. Right. Kevin might not want to be in Brooklyn anymore. And he's still got three more years. Oh God. <laughs> maybe maybe Steve Nash might want to just run the other direction. Cause I think I think he's the only hope Brooklyn has. This is the only chance they, but this, but this is the only thing with the Nets is, this is their only chance of still being relevant yep. in my eyes. It's true because when, once you lose Kyrie and once you lose KD, I mean, unless you're able to rebuild, even then, that'll probably take you at least three or four years, and that's at the minimum. Martin says maybe the Live Tour will take Kyrie. I mean, they're shelling out money to people left and right. I'm sure they could take on thirty six million for Kyrie. Can Kyrie swing a golf club? Is he any good at it? I don't know. Never seen him. Tom Brady's good at golf. We know that. Now, 
staying looking back at some more top stories, obviously Brooks Kepka leaving the PGA Tour for the live. Now the PGA Tour is looking at revamping. They're talking about changing up the schedule with increased purses worth at least $20 million in eight existing marquee events and three new events in a global golf series that will include no cuts, limited fields, and purses of at least $25 million. Now this, in in my eyes, and it reeks of desperation. That, that's the that's the way RP3 put it, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. This is the PGA Tour saying, oh crap, we're losing big names. We have to do something. Here's my question. Critics have been calling the PGA Tour boring for years. Why didn't you do this a year ago? If you'd have done this a year ago, does the Live Tour even start up? Maybe. But would it have the same effect that it does right now? Probably not. That's the that's the interesting thing because it, it reminds me a lot of a couple weeks ago when the NCAA said, oh, those guidelines that we wrote for NIL... We're finally going to start enforcing those. Well, guess what, bud? It's too late for that. You're already halfway up the creek with no paddle. Can't turn around now. Man, oh man. Desperation will make any man a fool. Big show today. 430 Sam Amico of Hoops. Wire.com will join us to talk about the NBA draft on Thursday at 5.30. We'll do To the Moon like we do each and every Tuesday. Phone lines are open throughout the show on the hotline 706-0111. Tomorrow is the game's birthday, which means this is your invitation to party with us as we celebrate 10 years of being Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Join us at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey tomorrow for Tasty Wings a delicious cake from Gambino's Bakery on Johnson Street, and amazing door prizes, including station swag, Astros tickets, a 50-inch TV donated by the AVI, car washes from The Wash donated by Service Chevrolet, a gift card from Partners Limited, a round of golf with a cart at Cane Row Golf Course, a $150 gift card to Mosley and Hollard Men's Clothing, and much more. In addition, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, Broadcasting live from the party. Let's come join us at B-Dubs tomorrow from 4 to 9 for the game's 10th birthday bash. We'll take a time out when we return on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We are going to talk some NBA draft from Miguez and Mesh's perspective. And we'll also dive into some Cajuns news. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. NBA draft about two days away, and it still seems to be anybody's race for that number one spot. Is it going to be Jabari Smith? Is it going to be Chet Holmgren? Could it be Paolo Banchero? What will the Orlando Magic do? I've seen some rumors that say that the Orlando Magic might not keep the number one pick. But in terms of the New Orleans Pelicans, I have seen a trade offer coming from the Thunder because the Thunder are looking to move up from 12 to 8. We could see how that plays out before Thursday night. Let's go back to the hotline. David joins the show. David, what's going on? Yes, um, let me take this off the speaker. Okay, real quick. You guys were talking about the, the Live Golf Tour. Correct. Uh, so, first, why are people so upset about this tour? Um, what's going on there? It's capitalism, isn't it? Aren't, aren't we, like, big proponents of capitalism? Well, what what they're upset about is that the, the tour is being funded by Saudi Arabian-backed money, um, which I don't, I don't think I need to get into why people find that as a problem. But the other big thing is that they, they just feel like it's taking away from the traditional game of golf. I can take issue with both. Um, Saudi Arabian backed money. We're big backers of Saudi Arabia. And I say we, I mean America. We've been ever since the, what, 40s or so. Um, the blood that they've got on their hands, we've got on our hands also. So I don't see the, you know, I don't see why people are upset about it if you, you know, the blood they've got on their hands is on ours too. Plain and simple. It's not like we're the best humanitarians in the world. And it's capitalism. Let them make the money. Shoot, if someone offers you $200 million to go and do your job, what you do now in a foreign country, would you take it? I mean, I mean, probably. I mean, I can't blame. I'm not, I'm not blaming the, the guys that, that make the decision solely based on, on what's best for their families. I, I 100% agree with them. But I do see no, exactly. where people are coming from that yeah. it hurts the traditional game of golf with the PGA Tour. Well, the PGA Tour is so stuck in its ways that you mentioned that they're actually doing changes to the tour in order to, I won't say compete with the Live Tour because it's not on their level yet, but to hopefully keep some of its star players. Correct. You know, um, you mentioned the money. What was the money for the U.S. Open this past weekend? The winner received, what, three, four three, million? $3.15 million. Okay, what was the purse for the, the live tour that previous week the winner received how much? Four million. Four million in conjunction to what their guaranteed money he or she, he he had he already has. Correct. Not bad. 
No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. You know, but people are being hypocrites. Plain and simple. You know, I, I, I and I'll call it out, and if anyone can tell me different and prove to me differently, I'll sit and listen. But basically, a lot of Americans are being hypocrites. Appreciate the call, David. So, moving on. NBA draft, again, you know, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, even Paolo Banchero still in in the mix to be the number one overall pick. But again, like like I was saying earlier, in terms of the Pelicans, will the Pelicans stay at eight? Will they trade back? Will they maybe try to trade up? You looking at the Pelicans roster, you obviously want to try to get rid of Devontae Graham. You might want to try to get rid of Jackson Hayes. However, will you be able to do so with the off the court issues hanging over his head now? You know, there, there there's a lot of question marks, and that that's what Sam Amico is going to help out with in, in the next segment is just kind of breaking all that down and you know what the Pelicans can do looking at the draft as a whole. Because according to Sam's mock draft, he has Jabari Smith going one, and he has the Pelicans taking Benedict Mathern out of Arizona at number eight. Tari Eason at number 14 to the Cleveland Cavaliers, the LSU product. And his second-round projections will come tomorrow. So we'll talk about that. Here in the next segment, let's go back to the hotline. Martin joins the show once again. Martin, what's up? Hey, buddy. I, I, I want to kind of touch on what that last caller said. I, I, I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, I, when he was talking about that, it, it, uh, what brought to mind was uh, Nick, and you probably not going to understand, but when Nick Saban left LSU for uh to go join the Miami Dolphins. And now people hate Nick Saban because he left LSU. Look, listen, this is the way I see it. Nick Saban left LSU because that was the year after they had won the national championship. LSU didn't want to pay the man what he wanted. Okay? So he went to a team that was offering him more money. And then he failed at that job. I mean, he didn't get the job done. Then the reason why I say that LSU had every opportunity to get him get him back because he wanted to come back to LSU, but did they offer him money, the money he wanted? No. So now LSU fans hate on him, you know. But they had every opportunity to get the man back, you know. I mean, it, it, it's pretty much the same thing with the LIV tour. I mean, you can't you can't get mad at the golfers for going somewhere for more money. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just like Nick Saban went somewhere. I mean. And like Floyd likes to call him Tucktail, you know. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of the same situation. But uh, that's all I had to say, man. I I just wanted to kind of chime in on that, you know. I mean, mm. I mean, and and I wanna I wanna ask y'all a question. Uh, how long y'all give John Daly before he joins the LIV tour? I mean, to me, I think that'd be the smartest move he, he'd ever make because I mean he ain't gonna win a champion, uh, any type of. You know, tournament in the PGA Tour, and how much did you say uh, that the last place get? I mean, the last place uh, gets on the LIV Tour. 
you martin um but i get i get what you're saying going i want to go back to the nick saban thing so what 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 i think what bothers lsu fans is that during those two years in miami he said that he would never return to the sec and then not only did you return to the sec you returned to a divisional opponent I think that's one of the biggest gripes that LSU fans have with Nick Saban. But I mean, again, LSU had, like he said, LSU did have the opportunity to have Nick Saban come back. They didn't offer him the money that Nick Saban was looking for. Alabama did. Plain and simple. Now, John Daly going to the LIV tour, never going to happen. He is living his life on the Champions Tour the senior division of the PGA Tour, the LIV is looking for younger golfers. Uh, They are trying to poach the top college golfers right now to come to the LIV when they graduate. Um, And if you look at who they're poaching out of the PGA Tour, it's young guys. Brooks Kepka is barely in his 30s. Abraham Answer, late 20s, early 30s. DeChambeau, same thing, late 20s, early 30s. You, they're going younger. John Daly's almost 60. Yes, would people pay to watch John Daly? Absolutely. Will the LIV Tour pay John Daly to move over to? Probably not. It's just, just how it is. Let's take a time out right here when we return. Sam Amico will join us to discuss the NBA draft, which is about 48 or so hours away from right now. Here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It is your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up as a goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 36 minutes after 4 o'clock here on your Tuesday afternoon. The NBA draft two nights away. Let's dive deep into it with Sam Amico of HoopsWire.com. Sam, thank you for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's almost as hot in Ohio as it is in Louisiana today. Really? Yeah, believe that or not. It's like 101. So well, maybe we're hotter. I don't know. Well, no, that's that's about even. Because, um, <laughs> you know, it'll say down here that it's 92, 93, but with the heat index, you're looking at 105, 106. So, I mean, it's really about the same. 
Yeah, well, either way, I've decided not to go on my run today, so we're all winning. <laughs> right, right. So the NBA draft, two days away, but I want to start with Kyrie Irving saying that he and Brooklyn have, have basically reached an impasse. You know, what what do you make of that? Does Kyrie return to Brooklyn? I think when all is said and done, yeah, he'll be back there. Uh, this is just, you know, some negotiating tactics through the media. Um, the Nets are pretty confident that it'll be him and Ben Simmons and obviously Kevin Durant back there at training camp. Uh, but there's just, you know, these are all part, we've seen this throughout the history of not just the NBA, but pro sports in general, where there's some rocky, uh, sticky negotiation stuff being said in the media. Uh, I, you know, look, there's always a shot. This is the NBA. There's always a shot that it doesn't work out and that he's elsewhere next year. Uh, but the Nets know if that's the case, they're going to have to pretty much break up that team. Uh, and I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think that they're going to be able to come to an agreement. He, you know, we heard Kyrie say at the end of the season, I'll be here next year. So I, I, I think that that's the most likely scenario. There's there going to be drama along the way. Of course, it's contract negotiations with the superstar. And, um, you know, it's, it could be sticky. If he, if he, if it ends up where he's going somewhere else or they, you know, look, they're going to tell him, <clears throat> if you really want us to trade you, it's not going to be to the Lakers or Knicks. It's going to be, you know, Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, may- maybe at best the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, right now at this point, I think that it's just kind of some some negotiating tactics by Kyrie's side to move closer to the deal they want. And then on, on, in the same kind of note, John Wall exercised his player option today. The Rockets will now owe him $47.4 million this upcoming season. You know, it's been almost three full seasons since John Wall has stepped foot on an NBA basketball court. What kind of player do, do you think the Houston Rockets are going to get now that he is presumed to be healthy? Yeah, you know, he's either going to, he's going to go one of two ways, and that's they're going to try to, and, somehow move him uh, and and nearly $50 million. And, you know, they'll have to take that money back more, more likely to work on a contract buyout where he becomes a free agent. And, you know, you said he's barely stepped on a court in three years. Well, I think in the last five years combined, he's played 57 games total. So, or at least coming into this season, he will have played 57 games over four years. And uh, it's hard to tell. You know, when he played last with the Rockets, not this season, the season before, he had a nice run. He was the consummate professional in a losing situation. He didn't demand a trade. It was really the trade was kind of their idea so they could develop the young guys. Maybe they will come to a resolution where he actually plays this year. He wanted to play last season. so And he was fine with playing with the Rockets. So I think that at this point, look, you pick up that kind of money, and if you're the Rockets, you'd be better suited probably at this point to just let him play and have him play, and then maybe, because he will be on an expiring contract, then at the trade deadline you can move him for more realistic pieces that you get. Otherwise, you're going to be writing an awful big check to a guy 
that you're getting nothing in return for. So uh, maybe at this point this year he will actually play. And if he does, look, he's a, he's been a professional his entire career when healthy. So I don't think they need to worry about that. He would help lead the young guys and serve as a trade asset. Sam Amico of HoopsWire.com joining us. Now let's look towards the NBA draft on Thursday. You know, it, it's been a, a little while since I truly couldn't tell you who was going to be the number one pick. You've got yeah. Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, and some people are even throwing in Paolo Banchero. What do you think the Orlando Magic are going to do? You know, I mean, everything we're hearing is that they're going to go with Jabari Smith, a power forward from Auburn. Uh, I, I think maybe they're sending some mixed signals to try to get other teams to to think that they might go with Holmgren or Banchero only because, you know, if you're the Magic, you want a team to trade up for their guy. If they really want Banchero, say the Rockets really wanted Banchero, and they're not going to be able to get him till three. You want the magic. The magic wants them to think, well, we might take him. So what will you give us along with your number three pick to not draft him? So I think that's a possibility. More likely than not, the magic are going to keep their pick. All signs of signs are pointing towards Jabari Smith. Sounds like Holmgren's going to go two to the thunder. He's made it pretty clear. He would like to go there. And then, Banchero number three to the Rockets. And I think in that scenario, everybody gets their guy. I think if you're the Rockets, Magic, and Thunder, you're not disappointed if you end up with any of those three. Those are the big three in this draft. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think the Magic will go Smith and then then the Thunder with Chet Holmgren and and the Rockets will get Banchero. Now, for a local perspective for us, the New Orleans Pelicans sitting at number eight right now. I read a rumor this morning that the Thunder could be looking to trade up from 12 with the Pelicans at eight. What do you think of that? You know, do you see a logical trade partner for the Pelicans if they decide to, to move away from eight? Does sound like they would like to move out of that pick um, because, you know, 12 and a player from the Thunder uh, would would probably serve them well, New Orleans. So I think that that's a possibility. I've heard, you know, I've heard since probably what late May, early June. Well, as soon as we as soon as we found out, you know, where the Pelicans were picking, that they were very open to moving that choice, either for you know to try to get a veteran, assuming you know you're you're thinking Zion's going to be back. You have Brandon Ingram. You have McCollum. This is a team that, with some more veteran help, could make a nice run in the West, get Zion some good playoff experience, uh, you know, presuming he's going to stay healthy. And uh, you're more likely to make that run uh, in the Western Conference with veterans. You know, rookies, obviously, you can get a guy who's going to come in and help you right away. But at the same time, it kind of it slows the process a little bit. So if you can use your pick at number eight, get a veteran player. Granted, you don't need a superstar, and you're not going to get a superstar. But if you get a nice veteran player who's a fit, that can count as more, you know, as much as a superstar, if not more. So um, I'm sure that's what David Griffin is doing. 
kind of exploring that option. And, you know, if it means moving back to 12, well, then you get a veteran player and you get you still get a lottery pick. So uh, I guess a lot of it depends on how much the Thunder would like to move up and perhaps unload one of their veterans. I know you haven't released your, your second-round mock draft, so I'm not going to ask you any questions about the second round. But give me a sleeper player in the first round that you know fans of the NBA should should pay attention to. Well, the name I'm hearing that's, that keeps rising is is Santa Clara uh, Jalen Williams, who you know is kind of that quote unquote three and D guy. Has looked very good in workouts. Has good size, about six foot eight. Can shoot the basketball from the perimeter, uh, and is you know, everybody has said is a uh, NBA-ready defender. So, you know, that's kind of the guy who's rising right now, it sounds like. A lot of people really like him having played, uh, you know, not necessarily in a huge conference, but kind of as a guy who, you know, not not to say he's going to be a superstar along the lines of Damian Lillard or uh, uh, Steph Curry, but both of those guys played at mid-major schools, right? So, He's a guy who was at the mid-major level at Santa Clara and is kind of looked at as a guy who was overlooked and his ceiling is very high. So that's the name I've been hearing a lot. Uh, he's going to be the first first-round pick, first Santa Clara player drafted actually since former Phoenix Sun and current Nets coach Steve Nash. So that'll be rewarded in itself. But uh, he could end up being a top top ten pick and probably about a month ago, he was kind of viewed as, uh, you know, maybe 25, 30 range, if not the second round. So he's really a guy that, that really has, and I've watched film of him and stuff, and I thought, you know, this guy could be could be a sleeper, even if he goes in the 17 to 20 range, could be the uh, kind of sleeper guy who comes out of nowhere in the NBA because he's, he's very well-rounded. Sam Amico of HoopsWire.com joining us now looking ahead past the draft free agency starting in july you know what what kind of big moves do you predict or 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 see coming from from free agency this summer i think bradley beal will be back with the wizards that that almost sounds like it's it's a shoe-in uh he seems to like it there and likes being the face of the franchise i think i think zach levine Everybody's, you know, the more we hear, the more it sounds as if he and the Bulls will come to agreement, so he'll return. I I think the big piece that is probably going to be on the move is former number one overall pick, DeAndre Ayton with the Suns. Uh, You know, it seems like a situation where they are increasingly making it known that he is available in sign-and-trades, and there's plenty of interest there. We've heard, you know, the Blazers... We're now hearing the Pacers potentially involving uh, Miles Turner, their own center, in a sign-and-trade involving DeAndre with the Suns. So I think that that's probably the biggest piece. I would also say Malcolm Brogdon, not a huge name, but a very underrated guard, a starting guard. When he's healthy, he is spectacular when it comes to actually winning games. It sounds like he's very likely on the move. And I think John Collins in Atlanta, their forward there, is very likely on the move as well. So there will be some moving parts. Probably not a huge splash outside of an eight-in trade, but 
uh, you know, again, as I said earlier, this is the NBA, and who knew that Russell Westbrook would be traded to the Lakers last year on draft day. So anything really is possible, uh, and a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Sam Amico of HoopsWire.com joining us. Sam, before you go, man, tell tell our listeners where they can find your stuff. You can find me on Twitter, at Amico Hoops, A-M-I-C-O Hoops, and uh, HoopsWire.com. I'm pretty much, it's me and one other guy, and I own it, run it, uh, lead janitor, and uh, try to get about 20 posts a day on there. So we, we will be covering quite a bit at HoopsWire.com. Uh, within this, obviously, draft week and the free agency that follows, and then summer league that follows after that. So um, you can check us all out, all our stuff out there. Fantastic. Sam Amico of HoopsWire.com. Really appreciate you taking the time, and as the season gets closer, we'll talk to you again, my friend. All right. Sounds good, Matt. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Sam Amico of hoopswire.com the game clubhouse 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help with your date night blues that's because once you become a member of our rewards club you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen the only, you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse it's free and it's simple, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So sign up today. Take a time out. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed the hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. So far, Twitter poll question of the day What's the next Miguez versus Mesh sports challenge? So far, 33% say Madden, 16% say 2K, and 50% say the NFL Combine. Got two comments. One from Darren Francis says darts. I'm good with it. I'd be down. And then the other one is from JBK the OD with a gif of a 40-yard dash. Rich Eisen running the 40-yard dash and says run it like Rich Eisen. Um, I think Rich Eisen would run it better than I would. I don't run very fast or very well. You know, I don't have good form. So, I mean, I'll I'll do a forty yard dash if if that's what ends up winning. However, my time might be like nine seconds. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. Keep those votes coming. Got about another hour on the poll question before we determine what our next challenge is going to be. James, do you have one in particular that you would you would want to do? Personally, I'd want to do the washer toss. Really? I think it's it's a more fun version of like playing backyard or tailgate games. I think that one's better than 
cornhole or horseshoes or any other game you can think of that you would play at a tailgate or in the backyard. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoy washers. We might have to um, might have to just keep putting that one on the list until it finally wins. Yeah, at some point that'll just be all four options. Right, right. It'll it'll have to win at some point. Um, hour number two going to be a lot of fun. Apollo Dez from Apollo HOU will join us to discuss the Houston Astros as they've got a big series. They got a big week, really. They they host the Mets for two tonight and tomorrow before hitting the road to the Big Apple to play four against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium this weekend. The Mets and Yankees, two of the top teams in baseball. So the Astros definitely have their work cut out for them. It's a good thing that Jordan Alvarez is returning to the lineup tonight. We'll take a timeout right here when we return. Our number two, again, Apollo Dez of Apollo HOU will join us for To the Moon. We'll also talk some LSU and some Saints and more. Hotline open, as always, on the game. 137 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of two here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh in Omaha. A&M takes down Notre Dame 5-1 to one behind a seven-inning three-hitter from Nate Detmers, including six strikeouts. They also got a home run from Trevor Warner and Dylan Rock. Again, 5-1, to one, the Aggies defeated the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, once again striking the clock at midnight for Cinderella. Tonight in the nightcap will be Auburn and Arkansas, an SEC battle, and then A&M and Oklahoma will play tomorrow. If Oklahoma can eliminate A&M, Oklahoma will put themselves in the championship series. Same will be said for Ole Miss tomorrow night. If they can defeat the winner of Arkansas and Auburn, which is an elimination game, you could have the championship series set it could be Oklahoma Ole Miss which is which would be absolutely mind-blowing I mean these are two teams that going into the postseason I mean yeah they were good but nobody expected them to be the final two in Omaha they caught fire I mean Oklahoma just absolutely raking their way through the postseason and then if you look at Ole Miss they didn't lose. They've yet to lose a postseason game. I mean, just an absolutely unreal run for Mike Bianco in Oxford. And man, if they can just find a way to win one more game over Auburn and Arkansas, 
they could see themselves in the World Series final. And if they end up winning the World Series, it would only be the 10th time in history that two schools from the same state won the last two national championships. Mississippi State winning last year. Ole Miss could do it this year. Again, poll question of the day. What do you want to see next out of the Miguez and Mesh Challenge? So far, it is a landslide in favor of the NFL Combine. And James, I don't know if you've seen our latest comment, but our uh, our lovely, lovely boss, Mr. Raymond Parsha III, commented with a gif of Phoebe Buffet from Friends running like an idiot. And it says a look at Miguez running. She's moving kind of fast. Yeah, but it's it's the yeah, it's, and it's the motion. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not that I'm slow. I really am. Um, I mean, that was evident in in the game of horse last night. The little bit that I had to run around the court, it wasn't quick. So, yeah, again, if if my forty if my forty time comes in under eight seconds, <laughs> I'm I'm solid. Well, I'm thinking more than just the forty. Okay, what what else were you thinking? Like the the shuttle. Okay. The broad jump. Oh God. Okay. Two feet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what what is it? The I forgot what exactly it's called, but when you test your vertical, vertical jump, yeah, the vert, yeah, yep. the yeah, I, I, and I'm thinking like one more event. That way we have five. That way the video isn't thirty seconds. And it's like oh. Half wow. of it's Miguez running. Wow. Hey. That was rude. You're saying it's going to take me 15 seconds to run? Well, that's an exaggeration, but you made fun of yourself, so you left it open. That's true. That's true. So I, I could see if the shuttle's going to be difficult, broad jump's going to be really difficult, and vertical, man. Well, it is to test your athleticism. 20, 20 inches. Not 20 inches. Yeah, 20 inches. 20 inches. You're saying that's your vertical? I can't jump very high, dude. There's, I mean, there's there's a lot of weight to get up there. Oh, no doubt. I I, I weighed in last night at a crisp 280 even. So the Matt Miguez weight loss journey started yesterday. Oh, God. You see what Ralph just put? No. He said a uh, wing eating contest at, at B-Dubs tomorrow. Ooh. Now that... That is something a big man like me can get behind. I was going to say, well, you you probably got that because I'm more of a slow eater. I like now, to take my time with eating my food. Are we talking traditional wings or boneless wings? Because if we're talking boneless wings, I'm really going to throw them back. <laughs> traditional wings would take me a little bit longer. Um, Martin coming in on Facebook Messenger. Nick Faldo will be retiring at the end of the PGA Tour season. Yeah, uh, I saw that. I've been meaning to get to that. After 16 years working with CBS, Nick Faldo has announced that he will retire at the end of this PGA Tour season. You know, Nick Faldo, one of the best color analysts in, in all the sports. So definitely another big blow for the PGA Tour with the news of Nick Faldo retiring. Also, one thing we haven't gotten to yet, LSU baseball 
adding a transfer from Baylor and shortstop Jack Pineda, who hit leadoff for the Bears last season, hitting 300 in a All-Big 12 honorable mention. His average was second in the conference. And he finished the 2022 season with a 966 fielding percentage. He also had 10 stolen bases, 7 home runs, 5 triples, and 15 doubles. It begs the question, James. Jay Johnson talked a lot at the end of the season about how Jordan Thompson is a guy that Jay Johnson wants to keep around at shortstop. And I don't disagree with him. However, this move has to tell you something otherwise. I mean, you don't go get a transfer shortstop that hit leadoff for Baylor to say, hey, bud, you're going to sit the bench. Like, that that's not how this is. So do you find another spot for Jordan Thompson? Or... I mean, isn't he a flexible piece? Thompson? Yeah, he, he is. So, I mean, I, I guess that would be the move. You know, you maybe put him in the outfield or... Because you're keeping Trey at first, no doubt. You will need a third baseman. That That's that's almost what I was getting to. I was going to say, I don't think third baseman is very secure, but yeah. spot right now. You're going to need a third baseman because Jacob Berry's going pro. You're going to need a third baseman. So maybe maybe and, and Cruz is handling center field. So yeah, maybe you just slide Thompson over to over to third base and that takes care of that. But that's interesting. Baylor Baylor shortstop again, Jack Pineda coming to Baton Rouge to join Jay Johnson's team. He joins Dylan Tabrick, the two time Big East pitcher of the year, as the two big transfers to arrive in Baton Rouge since the season ended. Also staying local, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns have announced that Donovan Cates will join the men's basketball staff. Cates has spent the last four seasons as an assistant coach on Alabama's staff, most recently serving as special assistant to Nate Oates. During his time at Alabama, he helped lead the Tide to a SEC title and a Sweet 16 appearance last year. According to head coach Bob Marlin, we are excited to add Donovan to our staff. He's a tremendous addition to Louisiana basketball. He brings he brings great experience, having worked with Coach Oates and a highly successful program in Alabama. He will make tremendous impact on our players, the Raging Cajuns community, and the city of Lafayette. Cates also had a playing career at Manhattan College as a three-year starter he made two NCAA tournament appearances, and in his career, he totaled 570 points, 277 rebounds, 105 assists, and 50 steals. So, not a bad playing career. I mean, two NCAA tournament appearances. You can't really go wrong with that. Uh, winning two titles in the Mid-American Atlantic Conference. Looking ahead to going back to some top stories to discuss again Robert Gronkowski announcing his retirement again how long will that last James I'm I'm seeing a lot of people saying you know November's going to come around and the Bucks are going to be right in the thick of things and Brady's going to call him to come back and make a playoff run you see the same you see that happening I'm still believing that he'll like he'll be back in a month yep 
I, I don't even think he'll I, I think November's too long. I think he's gonna be back after training camp, be back right before the season starts because he knows what to do with Brady. They got that connection. He'll do his own conditioning to get back into football shape, but he's not looking to do all that training camp stuff. He's not trying to play in preseason games. That's true. So, and, and like I said, going back to what I had said uh, a month, month, two months ago, I remember seeing that video of him in a barbershop, and he was like, I, I'm a, I'm probably going to retire and just mess with Brady and make, make him worry for a little while, and I'll be back. So I, I don't. This isn't a legit retirement. He's just gonna be back after a month, like how Brady did. How about the Tampa Bay Lightning coming back from the dead? Oh, last night. I, I think that was a pretty good. That was a pretty solid win. Six two. I mean, six to two. That was absolutely unreal. I remember talking to you when we went to play horse last night. When I left my house, it was Tampa two, had one. just taken the two to one lead, mm-hmm. and I got back home, and the fiance had taken over the TV. And when her show ended... As and, she does. Yeah, right. And so when her show ended, I was like, oh, great, let me flip it back to the hockey game. Six to two! They scored four goals in the second period. I mean, that that's the thing with these teams, man. Both teams score so quickly, and they score in bunches. So if you've got a goalie that's having a bad night, I mean, dude, all bets are off. Clearly. Darcy Kemper's had a great series so far in those first two games and then last night he gives up five goals gets pulled halfway through the second period and the the commentators were talking last night they don't know if Kemper will get the start in game four tomorrow because of his performance last night so that's something to keep an eye on Steven Stamkos with a goal and an assist Nikita Kucherov getting two assists on the night for the Lightning, it is now two to one, as Game Four will be tomorrow in Tampa. As the Lightning look to even the series in their quest for a third consecutive Stanley Cup. Also, looking at the MLB schedule for tonight, you know the Astros playing at seven ten against the Mets. You've also got the Nationals and Orioles. Yankees and Rays. The Guardians will take on the, I lost it, the Twins. And in the Blue Jays and the White Sox. Also the nightcap in Omaha is Arkansas and Auburn. We've also got Wimbledon qualifying going on. We'll update that as it gets a little closer to the main tournament. And again, you know, earlier we talked about the new golfers leaving for the LIV and the PGA trying to revamp their schedule and you know raise the purses because of the threat that LIV has put on them. James, I, I talked about it earlier, but I didn't get your opinion. Do you think it's too little, too late? It, I mean, it kind of is, but you can't really, ex- you, you can't really blame them necessarily. I would say because. You never really expected LIV to be this big, so you never felt like you had to raise the purses as much as they have. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. I just the the thing is, like I like I hinted at earlier in the first hour, people have called the PGA Tour boring and vanilla for years now. Huh? What? Uh, that's weird. <laughs> 
why not why not do something sooner and then like i said earlier who knows the liv might not have ever started up because it's because think of it like how it is with madden i mean ea really doesn't have that much of a competition or at least they haven't for a while now so if they're the only game ever since 2k backed off ever since 2k and ever since ncaa football 14 which was almost nine years ago now yep i mean the the fact that if you're if there's only one of you you don't have to worry about like making sure your product is up to snub it's like I, i don't care what you have to say i'm the only one doing this so i don't feel like i have to put in that extra effort but once you get that second person or third person in there like that that other entity that's now giving you competition and people are liking this new thing because they're putting out a better product and they're they got other players making more money yeah i mean now you feel like you have to make the moves and and then at that point well it's too little too late because we've been asking for this it's true. but but now now you want to do now you want to make the changes now that i found someone better that will actually listen to what i have to say right it's like a messy breakup yeah Speaking of Madden being the only football game, not anymore. Nope. NCAA's coming back, baby. EA Sports College Football from... It's going to be a, a, a revamped version of NCAA 14. You know, finally bringing back that franchise. Looking at a July of 2023 release date as it stands... From what I've read, over 100 Division One programs will be involved in the game, and schools will receive payouts from anywhere from 10,000 to 100,000 for their involvement in the video game series. Will we be able to actually have player names, or just yes. going to be QB14 yes. no. player names? Okay, player names. That that's because I know you had to sign off to actually get the players' names, but I felt like without. NIL now you would be able to right no the 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 from what I can understand the payout to the university would be split amongst the players for their name image and okay that's good from what I can understand because um, if I want to play with Joe Burrow I don't want to see QB number nine no no it's, it's like we know who this is but right. I, I want to see the name right right no if, if Levi Lewis was still the quarterback at UL you would see. Lewis. Levi, yeah, you right. see Levi Lewis and Lewis on the right. on the jersey. Right. It's the game's birthday, and that means that this is your invitation to party with us as we celebrate 10 years of being Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Join us at B-Dubs on Ambassador tomorrow for Tasty Wings, a delicious cake from Gambino's on Johnson Street, and amazing door prizes such as Station Swag, Astros Tickets, a 50-inch TV donated by AVI, car washes from The Wash donated by Service Chevrolet, a gift card from Partners Limited, around a golf with a cart at Cane Row Golf Course, a $150 gift card to Mosley and Hollard Men's Clothing, and much more. In addition, James and I will be doing Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh live and in living color at B-Dubs. Tomorrow, 4-9, to nine, Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador for the game's 10th birthday bash. We'll take a break here on Crunch Time, and when we return, we will talk some Saints, we will talk some more LSU, and then at 5.30, we will do To the Moon, right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 21st, 1970. Brazil and superstar Pele become the first team and player to win the FIFA World Cup three times, beating Italy 4-1 in front of 107,412 fans in Mexico City. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh here. James, you you hit a you hit on this in the two minute drill. Stephanie Rempe going to Nevada. She was Scott Woodward's deputy AD and spent a lot of time with Woodward as she came to Baton Rouge with him from Texas A and M. She will now go be the athletic director at Nevada. I mean, this seems like a major blow to to the LSU athletic program. Yeah, it is pretty unfortunate because. A lot of times, a lot of the dirty work is done behind the scenes, and you don't have some of the people like Miss Rimp yep. get the credit. So it'll be interesting to see how everything goes from here on out and how will Woodward be able to replace her. Yep. And who who will he replace her with? Deputy, deputy ADs are definitely important people. Um, you know, UL's got them just like LSU does, and I, I've been around – the, the workings of, of the athletic department and man the the work the deputy ads do it, it's it's incredible it really is and uh, so definitely a big loss for LSU we'll see how they look to replace and fill that void and then also another LSU baseball story Mr. Baseball in the state of Louisiana Ethan Fry from Rose Pine is going to be a tiger. Uh, Mr. Baseball, obviously, he is named one of the top athletes in the game of baseball in the state of Louisiana. According to Perfect Game, he will play catcher, pitcher, first base, and third base with a commitment to LSU. Most recently, his fastball was clocked at 89 miles an hour. It's pretty fast for a uh, for a senior in high school. Let them let them come in, build that strength up, and man, once he becomes a sophomore, all bets are off, dude. That's uh, his pop time from the catch from the catching position from two point oh one to two point oh eight. Mm. That's scary fast. Arm speed of 85 miles per hour from the catcher position. So good luck running on him if, if he's playing catcher for the Tigers. That's that's insane. Looking at the Saints, you know, we're talking about as we get closer to training camp, looking at free agent possibilities, talking about players that, you know, you want to see in New Orleans, but don't know if they will be. One guy I really would like to see make the 53-man is Kirk Merritt out of Arkansas State. Uh, he's actually a New Orleans product. He went to Destrehan High School, and 
he went to Arkansas State and was an elite level receiver in the Sun Belt. Made the Cajuns pay many times, and ju- just a talented, big body kind of receiver. And I-, I would like to see him get a shot. I know that the receiver room has already become so stacked this year, but to to see him, you know, get get his opportunity finally in the NFL would be would be pretty cool to see. Also, I would really like to see Smoke Monday work out for multiple reasons. Uh, number one, one of the coolest names in the league. I mean, his his first name is Smoke. What what a dude! Smoke Monday can't can't get better than that. Uh, so I definitely like to see him work out as well. James, do you have anybody that that could be on the bubble that that you would? Wouldn't mind seeing getting an opportunity on the 53-man. I'm trying to look at everything again because, I mean, I got the one. I'm a big Alante Taylor guy, but I know he's going to make the roster. Right. I'm interested in – Smoke's a good one, but when it comes down to it, I kind of like – I want to see what Jordan Jackson could do. I want I want to see him make a roster spot yeah. since he's not guaranteed. He was a late round pick, and I know I said defensive tackle isn't looking super good, but overall on the defensive line, there's a lot of shifting around. So I want to see if he's able to make that rotation. Where does Zach Bond fit in, if at all, on the defense? Yeah, he doesn't fit. So he has you, he hasn't fit yet. Do you do you look to move him this year? Like trade, yeah. If you can find a trade partner, I think that'd be a good option. But he's been pretty effective on the special teams. There's a reason why he's still been on this roster since he's been drafted. It's because he's been able to make the tackles and make an impact on the kickoffs. Yep. I don't know. It's going to get interesting as training camp starts here in the next couple of weeks, and we get one step closer to the season. Rescue Fest is Saturday, June 25th at Park International. It's a day of live music featuring the Sarah Russo Band, Jet 7, Layla Laverne, Hunter Corville, and Cam Nelson. There will be plenty of food, games, and even a raffle. Rescue Fest is a fundraiser for the Rescue Group of Acadiana, which provides financial and emotional assistance to grieving families of child loss. To buy tickets, go to Eventbrite or by visiting rescuegroup.org, R-E-S-C-Y-O-U, group.org. To the moon on the other side of this timeout that includes the VSIN betting minute. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Fly me to the moon. Mikas and Nash are ready to launch into all things Houston Astros. Here is To the Moon on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. To the Moon on your Tuesday with Apollo Dez. Dez, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, brother, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Ready for some Astros baseball tonight. 
You know, they got two games this week at Minute Maid, both against the Mets tonight and tomorrow before they head on up to New York to play four against the Yankees, who just got their 50th win in only their 67th game. Playing two of the top teams in baseball this week is going to be a tough week for Houston. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're if you on social media, um, it's the Yankees World Series week, so um, it's just another another month for the uh, Astros, another week for the Astros. But, uh, you know, some organizations uh, tend to think this is their October. Now, looking at the game tonight, you got Jose Arquiti on the mound for the Astros, 5-3 and three on the year with just under a 5 ERA. And then for the Mets, they've got Trevor Williams, who is 1-3 with a 3.53 ERA. Talk to me about this pitching matchup. What do you like? What favors the Houston Astros? Yeah, I think first uh, is Jose Arcudi, right? He, he's he been up and down all year and more down than up. But uh, after that last start in Texas, uh, we found out that he uh, he scrapped the cutter and now he's just going to the slider. And so <clears throat> look to see uh, him building off that. I think he went six innings and had uh, three earned runs last time, which is a respectable for, you know, a back-end rotation-type arm. So looking forward to see him building off that success. And then uh, – just offensively, just keep building, keep building and driving the guys in. Um, really sustaining at bats. I really want to see this team kind of um, not just live and die by the long ball, but string through four hits together and, and generate runs that way. And I think in a week where you're playing the top NL team and, and the top AL team, it's a, a week to uh, kind of showcase that. Chatting with Apollo Des here on To the Moon. JJ Matichevic coming in and getting his first career hit, which was also his first career home run the other night against the White Sox. I mean, what a moment. And then for the 16-year-old that caught it, what a negotiation to get all the things that he got, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that kid's a future Scott Boris. I mean, that's a heck of a deal. Uh, we were in the in the group messages talking about it, and you know, some people are like, well, you know, the first home run ball could be worth something, you know, a lot one day, you know, one day. But I was like, man, you cash it now. You got that Verlander jersey. You got the Altuve signed ball, all those tickets. I mean, that kid was uh, Scott Boris out in the Crawford boxes on Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, it was it was very impressive. Now, a, a big boost to the Astros tonight will be the return of Jordan Alvarez, who's missed the last couple of games with a hand issue. You know, getting him back in the rotation and it, you know, the injury not appearing nearly as, as bad as you thought it was at first, it's definitely a welcome sign for the Astros. Oh, 100%. I think uh, you can't replicate a guy that has an OPS of a 1026 and a 311 average and all these home runs and, and all that, but uh, the bigger thing is just his presence in the in the lineup where – you know, you have to uh, – you just can't pitch around certain guys now that, you know, he's back in there. So you have to pitch to the Kyle Tuckers. You have to pitch to the Alex Bregman. So um, he, he's just a big focal point for the offense and to to make sure that we, we got to avoid that hand, that hand bit injury, which is, is tough. I've had one before in college, and you just feel like your wrist is uh, uh, a ghost. Like you can't feel anything. It's always like a sleep is the best way I can put it and you can't swing at that. So to have him back in the lineup, uh, I think it's, it's going to be huge for us, especially with this this week and the teams we do face. Chatting with Apollo Dez here on To The Moon Tuesdays. Michael Brantley stepping up you know, in, in the last couple of games with a two ninety seven average. He's got 13 doubles on the year and five homers to go along with a four thirty four slugging percentage. 
that's been a welcome sign for for Brantley to to look a little bit more comfortable at the plate than he has in, in recent memory. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've said it a million times. I'll keep saying that the world will end tomorrow. Michael Brantley will still be on this planet getting base hits. The guy's a consummate professional. He's a professional hitter, like we always say. Um, and to have that guy anchor a lineup, it's people don't talk about it enough. I mean, that, that guy produces and will continue to produce uh, long, long, long in uh, our conversations we're having about him. Going back to the injury front, what's the latest you've heard on Jeremy Pena? I know he was fielding ground balls the other day, but where does he stand and how close is he to a return? Yeah, I think he'll be back uh, later part of next week. I don't see that IL um, deal being extended at all. I, I, I do like the team kind of um, erring on the, the side of, of caution in the sense that those thumb injuries, yeah, it happened when he was on the field, but you get one two-seam fastball in on the hands and you get a jam shot, that, that thumb injury could flare up and then the clock reset. So um, just I'm glad they're taking their time with him. Um, and also, I don't think a lot of people are talking about this. It's been a whirlwind a couple months for, for the rookie sensation, right? You know, he's thrusted into this into this spot of being the shortstop of the Houston Astros after Carlos Correa is gone. That ghost is always there. And then all the successes came with it. I, I think it allows him to catch his breath a bit um, it's almost his all-star break before the all-star break, and um, I, I'm ready to see him back on the field, and I think he's going to keep producing the way he has been. Talking about all-star voting, Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez each lead their respective categories. Jeremy Pena, albeit being injured, he currently sits fourth in the American League in, in shortstop. How many Astros do you see being a, an all-star in the, in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think... Uh, I think we get to four or five. Uh, you would think Framber may get some votes here down the stretch. Uh, Pena, I think we'll we'll push. Obviously, Gordon and um, Altuve are going to be there. I would like to see Tucker there. I think he's deserved that, um, especially against that average up to you know closer to three hundred before that break, and then uh, maybe an arm, uh, an arm or two as well in the back end of the pen. Those guys, they don't they don't get uh, talked about enough. I think Ryan Stanek is probably one of the best. Um, relief pitchers in baseball right now and no one's even talking about them so uh, I think down the stretch the Astros uh, fan base is, are going to push some votes and how sweet is it going to be that uh, Dusty Baker is going to have uh, potentially Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez and George Springer in Dodger Stadium and maybe just like old times we'll bat uh, George Springer 1, Altuve 3 and in Dodger Stadium I think uh, there should be some some boos and cheers about that. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be very entertaining. Apollo Des of Apollo HOU joining us. Des, I've got one more for you. And going back to the injury conversations, you know, some big names on the IL for the Astros. What's the latest on Lance McCullers? I saw the other day that he threw from the mound in Minute Maid Park. Is he still on track for returning right after the All Star break? Uh, it looks like it. it. It looks like they're kind of slowly bringing him along, um, stretching him out to the full 66 inch, six, 60 feet, 6 inches, and um, really just kind of going through the motions. Let's go fastball first. And I don't think they, they, he's thrown any curveballs yet. And we all know, you know, he loves to throw that, that snapdragon. So um, I still think he's a few weeks out, but it's been all positive indications from the front office and the medical team. And we all know that the Astros are very um, – diligent and very cautious with their their medical takes um we've seen that over like the last decade so to hear all that optimism coming from those two parts it's a, i think a big indicator 
Um, and then just the way Lance McCullers competes, I, you know, he's itching to get out there and help this team uh, down the stretch. So uh, I think that all-star break is that key point, and then we'll just uh, keep going from there. Fantastic, Des. Really appreciate you taking the time, my friend, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Go Strohs. Tune in next week for another edition of To the Moon here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Houston Astros take on the red-hot New York Mets in Minute Maid Park tonight. You can listen to all the exciting action right here on the game. First pitch is set for 7-10. That's Mets at Astros live right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, looking at 50 minutes after 5 o'clock here on your Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow night is the game's birthday. It's our 10th birthday bash down at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador. However, in the lovely city of Broussard, at Michael's Men's Club will be Aerial Angels. 15 women doing acrobatic stunts. Cirque du Soleil meets a gentleman's club. We sat down on Friday with Bailey Fox, the host of the event, and she describes the event in better detail than I can. Welcome back into Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. We spent a little bit of the last segment talking with Alicia and Venom, who are two of the contestants in Michael's Men's Club's Aerial Angels on Wednesday night. Same night as the birthday bash, but we're treating it kind of as an after party of such. Now, to give you even more in-depth information is the host of the event, Ms. Bailey Fox. Bailey, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So, you know, Aerial Angels, the the way it's kind of been described to me is very similar to the Stripper Olympics that Michaels has done, you know, time and time again with a little bit more of like a Cirque du Soleil type flair. Walk me through the event. Yes, that's pretty much right. Um, so the strip the the stripper olympics wow stutter <laughs> the stripper olympics doesn't have an aerial division it has um lap dance pole and the floor show which is um the feature show and so we made this less featurey and more sports like and circus like um it will be I like to call it the naked circus. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it is it is what it is. And now, you know, if, if people want to, you know, if they're coming from our birthday bash at B-dubs down to, to Michael's and Broussard, what time does everything start? What time should people get there? You know, things like that. The show starts at 7, and we open at 5. So, you know, the earlier you get there, the better seats you'll get. And now, you know, for... From like a ticket price standpoint, is is there tickets to get or do you just pay at the door? Pay at the door. Um, I'm not sure what the door price is, but it's affordable. It's 
It's nothing crazy. 15 contestants worldwide. You know, yes. how, how crazy is that to have yes. people from all over the world coming uh, here? I'm so excited. I have personally invited um, a lot of these girls, and then some of the girls have come to me, and I, I'm on their social media accounts. I see what they can do. I see the aerial apparatuses they own in their own homes and the videos that they post of their skills. This is, you can't even see this stuff at the circus. It's so amazing. These girls are mind-blowing and they're all competing for first place. So they're going to be even more mind-blowing that day. <laughs> so, you know, I know we talked about the Sherpa Olympics a little bit and about how this is a little more sports-like, a little more skill level in in, in terms of, of the moves that they're going to be doing. But how does being in the Stripper Olympics kind of prepare you for this? Uh, that's a great question. Um, the so 15 competitors, $2,500 up for grabs. How does the prize money work? Like, are you splitting $2,500 between first, second, and third? Or is the winner getting $2,500? That was actually a debate on how to do that. We were going to do um, first, second, and third for pole, and then first, second, and third for aerial, and then winner takes all, and then um, we settled on first, second, and third overall. So a percentage of your pole performance and a percentage of your aerial performance combines to your 100% score, and then those will be decided first, second, and third. Is there anything else, you know, necessary information that the people need to know before they head out on Wednesday night? Um, you can tip your performers, just so you know. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bailey, oh, go ahead. you good? Um, it's just like a, a night out at the club. Come like you're going to any gentleman's club. Just be prepared to see a whole lot more than you'll ever see at any other club you go to. This is a very happy, great medium between the circus and a gentleman's club. Hey, a gentleman's club meets the circus. It sounds like a good night. Yes. <laughs> Bailey Fox from Michael's Men's Club joining us to talk about Aerial Angels Wednesday night, June 22nd, starting at 7 o'clock at Michael's Men's Club in Broussard. Bra Bailey, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, tomorrow night at Michael's Men's Club, Ariel Angel show starts at 7. Going back to the poll question, what's the next Miguez versus Mesh challenge? James, it looks like we might be doing a combine. I mean, we'll, we'll give we'll give everybody a few more hours. Uh, we'll, we'll make our decision tonight. But, I mean, as it's looking right now, I mean, 62.5% in favor of the Combine, 25% St. Madden, and 12% for 2K. Doesn't look like we're going to be playing washers. No, but we did have Brian Fox have that one washer comment, yep. so appreciate shout out, Brian. Shout out Massachusetts. I'm curious, were you the one 2K guy? I was not. No. I was not. I'm shooketh. I voted for Madden. Oh, okay. Yeah, I voted for Madden. Uh, Martin says, Madden, but after that, do a home run derby on MLB The Show. I don't play the show, so well, that'll that's like cakewalk for you. Well, hey, then it can be a cakewalk for me. No, I I, <laughs> I like Miguez cakewalks, just like last night. Hey, oh, that was not a cakewalk. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> hey, man, my back was against the wall and I got it done. Got hot. What did I make? Five straight threes? No, 
four straight threes? I think it was four straight. It was not. You made two in a row, you airballed, and then you made two more. Okay, so four out of five. Sorry. 80% still not bad. And that was after... Hey, hey, <laughs> we don't we don't talk about we don't talk about the first forty minutes. The, we don't talk about the warm up period. It wasn't a warm up period. At all. We don't talk about the warm up. It period. was even during the game. <laughs> you hit the bottom left to the backboard on a free throw. Hey, hey, it's been a long time since I shot a basketball, but it's okay. I want to take this opportunity to thank Sam Amico as well as Apollo Des for joining us today. Birthday Bash tomorrow. We'll be back in studio on Thursday. Join us at B-Dubs tomorrow for a great live show. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well. Hug your mom and them. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Astros at 710 tonight.